Chapter One of Betty Wales Freshman. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Betty Wales Freshman by Margaret Ward. Chapter One First Impressions. Oh dear, what if she shouldn't meet me? sighed Betty Wales for the hundredth time, at least, as she gathered up her bags and umbrella and followed the crowd of noisy, chattering girls off the train. So long, Mary. See you tomorrow. Get a carriage, Nellie. That's a dear. You're so little you can always break through the crowd. Hello, Susanna. Did you get on the campus, too? Thanks awfully, but I can't tonight. My freshman cousin's up, you know, and homesick and— oh girls isn't it fun to be back it all sounded so jolly and familiar weren't any of them freshmen did they guess that she was a freshman and homesick betty straightened proudly and resolved that they should not if only the registrar had got father's telegram as she stood hesitating on the station platform amazed at the wilderness of trunks and certain that no one could possibly find her until that shouting rushing mob in front of her had dispersed a pretty girl in immaculate white duck hurried up to her. "'Pardon me,' she said, reaching out a hand for Betty's golf clubs. "'But aren't you a stranger here? Could I help you? Perhaps about getting your luggage up?' Betty looked at her doubtfully. "'I don't know,' she said. "'Yes, I'm going to enter college, and my elder sister couldn't get here until a later train. But father telegraphed the registrar to meet me. Do you know her? Could you point her out?' The pretty girl's lips curved into the faint suggestion of a smile. Yes, she said, I know her, only too well, for my peace of mind occasionally. But I'm afraid she hasn't come to meet you. You see, she's very busy these first days. There are a great many of you freshmen, all wanting different things, so she sends us down instead. Oh, I see, Biddy's face brightened. Then if you would tell me how to get to Mrs. Chapin's on Meriden Place— "'Mrs. Chapin's!' exclaimed the pretty girl. "'That's easy. Most of you want such outlandish streets. But that's close to the campus, where I'm going myself. My time is just up, I'm happy to say. Give me your checks and your house number, and then we'll take a car, unless you wouldn't mind walking. It's not far.' On the way to Mrs. Chapin's, Betty learned that her new friend's name was Dorothy King, that she was a junior and roomed in the Hilton house that she went in for science but was fond of music and was a member of the glee club that she was back a day early for the express purpose of meeting freshmen at the trains in return betty explained how she had been obliged at the last moment to come east alone how sister nan who was nine years older than she and five years out of college was coming down from a house party at kittery point but couldn't get in till eight that night and father had insisted that betty be sure to arrive by daylight wales wales repeated the pretty junior why your sister must have been the clever miss wales in ninety blank the one who wrote so well and all she is how fine i'm sorry but i leave you here mrs chapin's is that big yellow house the second on the left yes i know you'll like it there and miss wales you mustn't mind if the sophomores get hold of that joke about your asking the register to meet you i won't tell but it will be sure to leak out somehow. You see, it's really awfully funny. The registrar is almost as important as the president. 
and a lot more dignified and unapproachable. Until you get to know her, she'll think it too good to keep, and the sophomores will be sure to get hold of it, and put it in the books for grinds for their reception, souvenirs they give you, you know. Now good-bye. May I call later? Thank you so much. Good-bye. Betty was blushing hotly as she climbed Mrs. Chapin's steps, but her chagrin at having proved herself so verdant a freshman was tempered with elation at the junior's cordiality. Nan said I wasn't to run into friendships, she reflected. But she must be nice. She knows the Clays. Oh, I hope she won't forget to come. Betty Wales had come to college without any particular enthusiasm for it, though she was naturally an enthusiastic person. She loved Nan dearly, but didn't approve of her scheme of life, and wasn't at all prepared to like college just because Nan had. Being so much younger than her sister, she had never visited her at Harding, but she had met a good many of her friends, and comparing their stories of life at Harding with the experiences of one or two of her own mates who were at the boarding school, she had decided that of two evils she should prefer college, because there seemed to be more freedom and variety about it. Being of a philosophical turn of mind, she was now determined to enjoy herself, if possible. She pinned her faith to a remark that her favorite among all Nan's friends had made to her that summer. "'Oh, you'll like college, Betty,' she had said. "'Not just as Nan or I did, of course. Every girl has her own reasons for liking college, but every nice girl likes it.' Betty decided that she had already found two of her reasons, the pretty Miss King and Mrs. Chapin's Piazza which was exceedingly attractive for a boarding-house. A girl was lounging in a hammock behind the vines, and another in a big piazza chair was reading aloud to her. They must be old girls, thought Betty, to seem so much at home. Then she remembered that Mrs. Chapin had said hers would probably be an all-freshman house, and decided that they were friends from the same town. Mrs. Chapin presently appeared, to show Betty to her room, and explain that her roommate would not arrive till the next morning. Betty dressed, and then sat down to study for her French examination, which came next day, but before she had finished deciding which couch she preferred, or where they could possibly put two desks and a tea-table, the bell rang for dinner. This bid fair to be a silent and dismal meal. All the girls had come except Betty's roommate, and most of them, being freshmen, were in the depths of examinations and homesickness but there was one shining exception, a very lively sophomore, who had waited till the last moment hoping to get an assignment on the campus, and then had to come to Mrs. Chapin's in the place of a freshman, who had failed in her examinations. "'She had six, poor thing,' explained the sophomore to Betty, who sat beside her. "'And just think, she had a riding horse and a mahogany desk, with a secret drawer sent on from home. Wish I could inherit them along with her room.' now my name is mary brooks tell me yours and i'll ask the girl on the other side and introduce you and that will start the ball rolling these energetic measures succeeded much better than mrs chapin's somewhat perfunctory remarks about the dry weather and the whole table was soon talking busily the two piazza girls proved to be sisters mary and adelaide rich from Haddam, connecticut betty decided that they were rather stupid and too inclined to stick together to be much fun a tall homely girl at the end of the table created a laugh by introducing herself as miss katherine kittredge of kankakee the state is illinois she added but that spoils the alliteration the what whispered betty to the sophomore but miss brooks only laughed and said wait till you've finished freshman english 
betty's other neighbor was a pale quiet little girl with short hair and a drawl betty couldn't decide whether she meant to be snippy or was only shy and offish after she had said that her name was roberta lewis and her home philadelphia betty inquired politely whether she expected to like college i expect to detest it replied miss lewis slowly and distinctly and spoke not another word during dinner but though she ate busily and kept her eyes on her plate betty was sure that she heard all that was said and would have liked to join in only she didn't know how the one really beautiful girl at the table was miss eleanor watson her complexion was the daintiest pink and white her black hair waved softly under the big hat which she had not stopped to take off and her hazel eyes were plaintive one moment and sparkling the next as her mood changed she talked a good deal and very well and it was hard to realize that she was only sixteen and a freshman she had fitted for college at a big preparatory school in the east and so although she happened to be the only denver girl in college she had a great many friends in the upper classes and appeared to know quite as much about college customs as miss brooks all this impressed betty who admired beauty and pretty clothes immensely she resolved to have eleanor watson for a friend if she could and she was pleased when miss watson inquired how many examinations she had and suggested that they would probably be in the same divisions since their names both began with w the remaining girl at mrs chapin's table was not particularly striking she had a great mass of golden brown hair which she wore coiled loosely in her neck her keen gray eyes looked the world straight in the face and her turned-up nose and the dimple in her chin gave her a merry cheerful air she did not talk much and not at all about herself but she gave the impression of being a thoroughly nice bright capable girl her name was rachel morrison after dinner betty was starting upstairs when mary brooks called her back won't you walk over to the campus with me little girl she asked i have one or two errands oh no you don't need a hat you never do here so they wandered off bareheaded in the moonlight which made the elm-shaded streets look prettier than ever on the dusky campus girls strolled about in devoted pairs and sociable quartets on the piazza of one of the dwelling-houses somebody was singing a fascinating little scotch ballad with a tinkling mandolin accompaniment must be dorothy king said the sophomore i thought she wouldn't come till eight most people don't oh exclaimed betty i know her and she related her adventure at the station that's so said miss brooks i'd forgotten she's awfully popular you know and very prominent belongs to no end of societies but whatever the young women's christian association wants of her she does you know they appoint girls to meet freshmen and help them find boarding places and so on she's evidently on that committee let's stop and say hello to her betty hanging behind was amazed to see the commotion caused by miss brooks arrival the song stopped abruptly the mandolin slammed to the floor and performers and audience fell as one woman upon the newcomer why mary brooks when did you come did you get a room honey oh mary where did you put on that lovely tan mary is sarah coming back do you know hush up girls and let her tell us it was like the station only more so and oh it was nice if you were in it mary answered some of their questions and then looked around for betty i've lost a freshman she said here miss wales come up and sit on the railing she knows you dotty and wants to hear you sing these others are some of the hilton house 
Miss Wales. Please consider yourself introduced. Now, Dotty. So the little Scotch ballad began again. Presently someone else came up. There were more effusive greetings, and then another song or two, after which Miss King and some of the Hilton House declared that they simply must go and unpack. Betty, suddenly remembering her trunk and her sister, decided to let Miss Brooks do her other errands alone, and found her way back to Mrs. Chapin's. Sure enough, Nan was sitting on the piazza. "'Hello, little sister,' she called gaily as Betty hurried up the walk. "'Don't say you're sorry to be late. It's the worst possible thing for little freshmen to mope round, waiting for people. And I'm glad you had the sense not to. Your trunk's come, but if you're not too tired, let's go up and see Ethel Hale before we unpack it.' Ethel Hale had spent a whole summer with Nan, and Betty beat her at tennis and called her Ethel. And she called Betty little sister, just as Nan did. But here she was a member of the faculty. "'I shall never dare come near her after you leave,' said Betty. Just as she said it, the door of the room opened. Nan had explained that it was a freshman trick to ring front doorbells, and Ethel rushed out and dragged them in. "'Miss Blaine and Miss Mills are here,' she said. Betty gathered from the subsequent conversation that Miss Blaine and Miss Mills were also members of the faculty, and they were. But they had just come in from a horseback ride, and they sat in rather disheveled attitudes, eating taffy out of a paper bag, and their conversation was very amusing, and perfectly intelligible, even to a freshman who had still an examination to pass. "'I didn't suppose the faculty ever acted like that. Why, they're just like other people.' declared betty as she tumbled into bed a little later they're exactly like other people returned nan sagely from the closet where she was hanging up skirts just remember that and you'll have a lot nicer time with them so ended betty's first day at college nan finished unpacking and then sat for a long time by the window betty loved nan but nan in return worshipped betty they might call her the clever miss wales if they liked she would gladly have given all her vaunted brains for the fascinating little ways that made Betty friends so quickly, and for the power to take life in Betty's free and easy fashion. "'Oh, I hope she'll like it,' she thought. "'I hope she'll be popular with the girls. I don't want her to have to work so hard for all she gets. I wouldn't exchange my course for hers, but I want hers to be the other kind.' Betty was sound asleep. End of chapter 1